Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio talking about the problems people have with their work, whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. It's a human trait to care for people, right? Yeah. Like all of these ideas of what is what is gendered and what is acceptable for women women's behavior to one another. Right. Um, although, honestly, I don't think I'd want the alternative either because I of like to just express undercutting people. my emotions. I right. like to express affection. I like yeah. giving hugs. Hugs are wonderful. Hugs are great. I feel like hugs make the world better. Hugs are good. But isn't that strange that like the feminine characteristics are always the the Not ones true. that are actually loving and supporting and to be masculine is to be like, aggressive. Yeah. Be aggressive. Yeah. Distant. Stoic. Yeah. Generally be a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's really not fair. Well, it's also about being disconnected. Right. Which I think is really isolating and and it just perpetuates the loneliness and the yeah lack of camaraderie and yeah. the the kind of undercurrent of homophobia that goes into toxic masculinity and just perpetuates yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this lack of and it's especially cohesion. yeah it's especially compounded when you're talking about work when those those exact um characteristics like your aggressiveness your your go-getterness and everything like that those are prized way above the more quote-unquote feminine ones um, of support mutual aid that kind of thing because those go against capitalism (laughs) those go against (laughs) capitalism and with women especially if you don't um they're on the one hand if you you display traditionally feminine um, behaviors like, for example, empathy, um, not um, yeah. and, compassion. And, uh, or if you cry about something, yeah, yeah. Goodness forbid if you should cry about <laughs> something. Have yeah. feelings in public. Have just, feelings. just in general, express, if you have feelings, have feel, express your feelings. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. bad, awful. Those are those are all bad things. You're more likely to be to not be perceived as powerful or competent. Right. Whereas, You're hysterical. Yeah, but but and then and then on the other hand, if 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 you if you say like, okay, then I'm going to be del- I'm going to deliberately enter the workplace and project a ma- a more masculine version of myself, I'm maybe going to wear a business suit or like a s- pantsuit. A Hillary, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to wear a pantsuit. Yeah. I'm going to talk it's louder. I will happens. not let anyone interrupt me. I will make sure to take credit for what I do. You, you know, you may, you, you may be perceived as being a B word. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the, it's that the worst double edged yeah. sword. Yeah. Is, yeah. you know, on the one hand, you're, you're too soft and, and too feminine. On the other hand, you're just, just awful and generally bad. You can't ever win. And, so, and these things have like material um, consequences for you like if you don't get promoted because mm-hmm. you don't like project the right level of 
the you don't project the right level of assertiveness, assertiveness, or you're too assertive, right? Then you may not make as much, and that you know that's like a. I wonder yeah. where the gender wa- where the the wage gap comes from. Yeah, okay. yeah. You don't advocate effectively for yourself. You don't negotiate hard enough. Um, and I think a lot of times women just don't ask for raises because at least for me, I always panic about doing that sort right. of thing. Like I never really learned how to do that. And I, I always feel uncomfortable about trying to decide what, what I am worth in monetary terms like it feels like a degradation of my being i think part of that's because we're raised in general like women are raised to be um much more supportive and more of the team player and any kind of thinking of yourself and and you know thinking of your own compensation is considered a selfish behavior Mm -hmm. so you can't really do that and still be a woman at the same time like the, the two are really, really like you should be grateful for yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. That you're you should getting. be grateful, which is such a disgusting <laughs> sentiment. It really, <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, well, welcome to Punching Out. We're talking about women's experiences at work today. Uh, my name's Lou. I'm joined with Rachel. Hello, and Amanda. Hi. And <laughs> we're going to be talking about. Our experiences at work. So as you can see, we are kind of uh, annoyed. We have some feelings about these things. We have feelings. We're feelings. women. We're but not <laughs> too many feelings. Not too many feelings. So Just yeah. the correct amount of feelings. Exactly. Right. I think I not think, a hysterical amount. Yeah. Speaking of feelings, I think the like in the workplace, the correct amount of feelings like is it's a high non- five. That's like all the <laughs> amount like of maybe feeling a chest bump or something. Yeah. Or maybe the, a fist bump. The, the two pat <laughs> hug. Have you ever seen those? On oh TV? yeah. The, oh. the man hug. Two <laughs> pats. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Three is too many. Three is way too many, but yeah. you have to do the pats. Although honestly, I feel like even watching men embrace one another on television even with two pats like that's progress. Right. <laughs> that's, it is a little bit more. Is that? It is a little bit more like <laughs> or, or you know on even shows from like the early 2000s like the dad would come in and give his son a fatherly handshake how are you doing son how you doing (laughs) (laughs) i love you son i love you well no they wouldn't even say that just be like uh, i'm proud of you son yeah that's good pig that'll do that'll do (laughs) that'll go yeah yeah anyways so i think that's a good place to start is just just our emotions at work and and what it's like being a woman at work uh it's it's a difficult needle to thread I find um, because of so many different issues regarding how our appearance or mm. our general like femininity or whatever like that. I, I really wanted to ride my bicycle to work, but realized that I sweat in an inordinate amount. <laughs> my mom gave me, me those blessed jeans. Everything that I drink just oozes out yeah and i turned this <laughs> lovely lobster shade of red as well so like in gym class at school people used to ask like are you all right What's <laughs> wrong? Yeah. i i decided school. i couldn't ride my bicycle to work yeah. because i am spo- i i work in healthcare, which is also a very gendered workplace right. there is exactly one male nurse and one tech wow and out of how many? Everybody else is women. 
Um, like, and all the people that work in the office are women too. So there's a... Yeah, I think like 90% of RNs are women. 90% yeah. of yeah. RNs? Wow. That's yeah. a huge, yeah. like, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. My mom was an RN. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's general, like, healthcare. I mean, guest services, it's all women. Teaching. Right. Um, teaching. Yep. Anything where it's, but but only teaching at certain grade levels. Like once you get past a little bit into the like junior senior year of high school, then it starts becoming Actually, much more men. It's only certain um, departments. Mm. So history mm-hmm. is acceptable for men, and science. Yeah, uh, and math. math. Yeah, but usually English teachers are women. Mm-hmm. Foreign language. Yep. It, like entirely mm-hmm. women. Like my yeah. husband, he's he's a foreign language teacher. He's the one man in <clears throat> probably three departments. Yeah, that, that yeah, and I bet they all adore him. Well, that's <laughs> that's issues for another. Like because, Wrong because show. you know, well, we we I don't know if we've quite talked about it yet, but but how feminine or masculine it is, and how much you perform your gender at work, like mm-hmm. that greatly impacts your work performance and, and how other people perceive you as uh, how competent you are. Right. So if you're a woman, you have to appear as a woman. And if you're but any, not too not, much of a woman, yeah, right. because right. that's like your, your skirt's You're trying too, too hard. No. Right, right. Well, certain then types look, of women, you, you still have to, ve- you, you need to be like the subservient kind mm-hmm. and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But that's also true for men too. And if you don't fit the masculine view of... Or you don't fit like this masculine archetype or traditional mode, then the homophobia begins. Yeah, and then and then you're you're perceived as weaker, and that can influence the people who work for you, the people who work for you, the people Mm -hmm. you work for, everything like that. Well, Um, if if we acknowledge that gender is performative, yeah, which I think um, we all agree. Yeah, gender is a social construct. Yes. Um, yeah. Give it. Can you give us as an example of why gender is, a, or how gender can be a social construct, or like what's an example of performing gender? So, <clears throat> I, every well, every time you put on nail polish, that's a tradition that's perceived as a feminine. Right. Per, I mean, your makeup. That yeah. that's a signifier mm-hmm. to the person next to you. You're set that that you're. A woman, but that's obviously a norm, right? And people that break those norms, so like a cis man who puts on nail polish, that's what can't do that. Scary, right. alienating. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't fit the it doesn't expectations. It doesn't fit the expectations, and then there are real consequences Deviant to that behavior. Yeah, there are consequences like you either are socially alienated mm-hmm. or in a workplace environment. You can it's unprofessional. Yeah, well, yeah, and then you can get passed over for promotions or fired. Even mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. There's no protection. Yeah. Um. So, just speaking of protection, I like how for some people out there in the wild, <laughs> their idea of discrimination is if it's not explicitly illegal. I can still do it. Like it's not discrimination because it's not explicitly illegal. So if if it's not explicit, explicitly banned that you can get fired for your sexual orientation, then it's not actually a discrimination if I do it because the law says I can. Well, if like so, It's really weird. Yeah. If somebody makes like a sexist joke at you, mm-hmm. to you, and then they're like, 
and then they see no that offense. it makes you uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, and then they're like, no offense, or oh, it's just a it's joke. Just a joke. Right. Then, yeah. then the Im- the impetus is on you to yeah. be like, oh yeah, you're right. That was funny. Ha ha. Yeah. And and like um, a lot of uh, we're kind of talking about. Um, there's this like archetype of the cool girl right. who ha- who is like has a great sense of humor and is like down to have fun all the time and can take the joke. And there's a lot of pressure on women, I think, to be that, to be the cool girl. Right. And, and re- you know, we don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't think that's funny. No. No one thinks that's funny. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. So, like, the cool girl that you're talking about is somebody who, like, if you think of, like, a, a beer commercial, right? Like, where there, <laughs> there's always the, the woman in the sports gear and she's got really long hair and perfect makeup. And she's like, but hey, guys, let's go to the football like, game. She's cut-off shorts. Yeah, cut-off shorts. Daisy Dukes. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, you but know, like she's sneakers because she's cool. Because she's yeah. cool. Because she's cool. <laughs> she's not, She's not like, your high-maintenance girlfriend yeah. that's got the, the six-inch stiletto and heels. And so many feelings. Right, and so many feelings. No, she's yeah. the cool girlfriend. She keeps she's, her feelings in check. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a little bit like, more stoic. Yeah, she'll chest bump you and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. She walked like, because her girls wouldn't game. get in the way. Exactly. No problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, so she's feminine, but not She can eat, feminine. like, a whole pizza, and she jokes about it. <laughs> exactly. And she looks like she never eats pizza. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She's still, like, really, really <laughs> tiny. That's that's the cool girl archetype. She looks and like if you blow too hard in her direction, she might fall over. So here's the question. What's the problem with the cool girl archetype? So what? What is the problem? Unreasonable expectations. Unreasonable expectations? Yeah, in general. general. Sure, that person exists somewhere, but not all of us have to be. At the same time, I think it's it's an archetype that perpetuates patriarchy because Mm -hmm. it allows that behavior to perpetuate itself and be perfectly acceptable because it's all just meant in jest. And even if offensive things are said in jest, it shouldn't matter because they're just jokes. Right. And we should just... Jokes have no consequences. Right. Jokes don't hurt anybody. I mean, like the whole idea that words don't hurt people in general. It's ridiculous. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not like... It's not even like... I mean, being offended is like one, one... part of it but it's 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 specifically meant to enforce norms in a way like yeah. if you were to the f- intention of it yeah if you were to step outside of that and maybe i don't know so buzzkill yeah if i can yeah inter- I, I think what you're trying to say is it's a little <laughs> self-policing a little yeah bit. yeah yeah so you know if you're not fitting that norm and that expectation, then, and there are consequences for that, then you, the person who's not fitting in, needs to correct your own behavior. And you probably there are other will. Women who are, right. It, yeah, you, you probably are, will. You will either try to correct it or you'll experience discomfort and, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe stress and be right. stressed from it. You may and, not. And be isolated. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's. And ignored. Like, you know, this is not an episode about Me Too, but it's worth mentioning here. I think that's one of the the challenges and, and one of the things that's come to light about the Me Too movement is that this kind of isolation, this self-policing and everything like that is is the result of these expectations about, you know, your behavior in the workplace. Mm-hmm. It makes me think specifically of Matt Lauer and how he had... Mm. 
the lock button on the inside on his desk so he didn't even have to get up he could lock the door from the inside while sitting at his desk so if a woman happened to be in there he could press that button and god knows what's going to happen and she has no choice in the matter she's powerless and i think it's significant that that's like a workplace yeah incident and then and then it makes me think like imagining if my boss had one of those how that would affect how you behaved not only around him but around it just in the workplace in general right. like the power dynamic that's there the the fear of how how much more careful you would be mm-hmm. to not to the uh, Right. How, just you you just it would be something that would be hanging over your head all the time. Right. Fear of retaliation. Right. Yeah. And but also I think about his administrative assistant who was forced to walk all of those women home afterwards. Like the position that it puts Put her that, in, yeah. Yeah. Like that she was one of the only people who knew about that lock button. Right. But was completely silenced and was also forced to be complicit in this whole devastating scheme. It's despicable. And it's really, it's interesting to start talking about how this kind of situation can, can come out in the workplace. And and it has to do, in my opinion, with how um, expectations of gender in the workplace can divide women and, and people of color. Let's be honest. Um, because if you're not fitting into those archetypes, those mm-hmm. those roles good enough, then then people in power can very easily pit one person against the other. So if one person is perceived as having an advantage for you know dressing a certain way or having a special relationship with your boss, then the people who are not in that same position will resent the other pe- person, and mm-hmm. they start police you know. Women will police themselves and, and each other, and yeah, th- and each other about about what behavior is acceptable, mm-hmm. without actually being able to change any of the behavior and the the environment that's actually causing these situations. So you're not changing the the people in power who are taking advantage of the situation and making it more likely that women are going to be preyed upon at the workplace. You're not changing the uh, openness of a workplace. In fact, if anything, you're encouraging everybody to be silent. Yeah. And and it, this happens subconsciously, and well, we all do it. And I, yeah. I hope now is, is a time that we're becoming a little more aware of it and going to fight against it. I hope so, too. Yeah. I think subconsciously we know that trying to address patriarchy at the root is a lot more difficult than it is to punch horizontally right so if we're attacking anybody if we attack people at the same level it's easier because at least we know we can reach them yeah yeah and that's which true, is heartbreaking it is and it, it's because it, it doesn't won't change anything root, yeah it doesn't get to the root of the problem no and we're just attacking each other and making our plight worse overall yeah and and like the whole environment that this comes across and like where you can have men making sexist jokes and just saying, oh, well, you know, you should get over that or or you just, just need to chill or get a new job. Like these are all... If you don't like it, don't yeah. listen. Yeah. If you, yeah. That's like, an, and, and it needs to be pointed out, that's an incredibly privileged um, right. assertion mm-hmm. because women 
are less likely to be able to just get another job. Right. And mm-hmm. people women of color, even less likely. I'm poor women. It's not yeah. as easy, easy as just walking out job. the door. Yeah. 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 I I honestly don't even know how well that would go if you say, I quit my last job because I felt like, you know, it, it was an unwelcome mm-hmm. workplace. Right. And there's that double-edged sword again. Like the women who you, you can't, you're not um, willing to go along enough to get along. Mm-hmm. You know, you're so not a team player. You're not a team player. So now that's a ding against you because right. you said I'm not going to work in this sexist environment. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't win. And then how this do you get a worst. reference from that boss right. for the new job that you're applying for? Yeah. If it was your decision to leave, like the best solution you could possibly do is sue them for millions and millions of dollars. But then you have to see all those people. Yeah, all the time. it's terrible. Like and there's all no the lawyers fees and all <laughs> that no time winning. that you've spent not working most likely yeah. will make it even harder for you to get back into the exactly. workplace. And then just in the end to have your your own behavior thrown in your face is like, well, she dressed with a, a skirt that was two inches too short that one time. She was definitely asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little bitter. <laughs> We're not bitter at all. Anyways, we'll be back. If you're listening to this on the radio, congratulations. It's the exact middle point of the work week. If that doesn't make you feel any better, try listening to more Punching Out. All our past shows are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hey guys, welcome back to Punching Out. You're with Rachel, Amanda, and I'm Lou. I didn't give them a t- chance to introduce Hello, themselves. Everybody. Yeah, because I'm just so amped up about this thing. Because we you're were... mansplaining over the top of us, not uh, even letting us have no, voices. This is <laughs> Lou. terrible. I know. <laughs> Lou splaining. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, new okay. term. That's the thing. It is now. So, <laughs> mansplaining. What is it? What What is it? Anybody have a good definition? Um, or an example when men are condescending and over explain things because they assume that women are, uh, inferior in terms of their (laughs) mental capacities and incapable of understanding very simple things And and need to have a very very descriptive explanation yeah. of every step of the process. Yeah. A lot that of times sounds- it's almost benevolent in the oh, way yeah. that it's right? like, like, oh, I'll help you out. Yeah, yeah I'll help you out. It's I very like, lady. yeah, there's a, there's a specific tone to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's it's that, very well, paternalistic. I, it's extremely, like, I think that's the best definition is that it's mm-hmm. very paternalistic because to me, man's usually well-meaning. I think it's usually a little more pernicious than that because the most... Um, Egregious examples of mansplaining is when you're trying to describe, like, I'm in guest services. I got mansplained last week when a coworker of mine who is new to his job, new to working in general, and new, new to the company, new. He's very fresh. He's, he knows he's, nothing is what you're saying. He's, he knows he's nothing, a, no. to be To be ageist a bit, he's a wee babby. Like he's, he's real fresh. Um, he tried to tell me how to do my job. Like, Mm. no, this is not going to work. You need to do it this way. And I said, no, this is no, I know this. This is absolutely my job. Mm -hmm. And, and that profession in a professional setting, mansplaining usually comes around as like explaining to another professional 
the key components of that person's job mm-hmm. that they already know. that they already know. Like on Twitter, you'll see it as like some idiot trying to explain U.S. politics to a professor of politics. Mm-hmm. I it happens yeah. all the time. In some of my activist work recently, we had the experience where a 21-year-old white male um, pulled aside a group of people of color who were like, you know, some twice his age or more um, and proceeded to tell them why gentrification is not a real thing (laughs) in very mansplaining terms. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that was a beautiful, beautiful moment. Yeah. Note the sarcasm in my voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's I was appalled. I honestly didn't know how to handle it. Like most of the time I'm like, is this really happening? Yeah. Right now? Yeah, our, our expectations of, of polite behavior don't include going, are you out of your mind to somebody else in a conversation? Especially with women who are right. taught to diffuse situations exactly. and, and be diplomatic, not to confront people and be like, what? Mm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are being entirely inappropriate yeah. right. and rude. Yeah. 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 It, and that's what it is. It's very rude. It, it is. It, it's so, I think, insidious because it, it like, reinforces the idea that women have less knowledge than men or are mm-hmm. less competent than men. And, and it then perpetuates that, like, power dynamic. Right. It, it, that's, I mean, not Yeah, good. we're a bunch of damsels <laughs> in distress all yeah. the time. Yeah. That happened all the time. I bought a house last year, and... I was the one contacting the banks. I was the one setting up the homeowner's insurance. I was doing a lot of that. And for some reason, every time the bank or the lawyer or anybody wanted something, they always called my husband. Hmm. Like, I I was baffled. And eventually, I just went with it because it was so much harder to get them to respond to me mm-hmm. than to just have my husband deal with all of that. Or have you ever had anyone, like, come to the door or call and say... Um, could you put the head of the house on the phone, right. please? That or has like, not happened yet. No? We, no, we don't have a landline, so. <laughs> well, <laughs> I get called on oh. my cell phone. Oh, I don't pick up phone. I don't pick up phone calls. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. probably. Or people have come to the door, like, like you know, RG&E or whatever. Uh, Can we speak gross. to the head of the household, please? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hey there. How are you doing? <laughs> I am a co-head of this household. I think the other solution to that would just be say, there is no head of the household. I mm-hmm. ate him. <laughs> 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 just, just to see. A little just, black widow. Let's go find him. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, why Let's not? Let's go find him under my bed. There we go. Yeah. I have him locked in the basement. Yeah. I think he's still chained up. He'll be there. He's fine. I fed him just last week. He should be okay. <laughs> oh, That's, this is getting okay, dark. Is, <laughs> yeah, wild. Maybe we should cut this part out. No, no. It's gonna be, it'll be fine. They know we're joking. Yeah, we're jo- uh, it's no just offense, a joke. No offense, guys. No offense. <laughs> If you can't take a joke, then you're not fun. Right. Yeah, that's that's just not how that works. Anyways. Well, anyways, speaking of rude, one thing we found out over the, the speaking break. Speaking of rude? Rude, yeah. yeah speaking that's of rude. Segue. Okay. <laughs> it's a good segue. I tried hard. Um we found out yeah, that that one word we used in the last segment. Well um, we, we we alluded we to alluded using to it. a certain word and we found out that actually we can use that word uh with no problems. 
And I am personally a little miffed about yeah. that. Anybody else? Yeah. A little question. The B word. It was the, the B word. It the was B the B word. word. Amanda, what's that word? We had. I don't want to say it now. We had a little discussion about whether we should or should not say it. We decided maybe we can say it. We'll see. Yeah. I don't. Timing has to be right. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch. I think. There we go. Timing. There we go. Yeah. We're referring to women who have to, um, yeah, take on what would be considered more masculine traits in order right. to get ahead in their careers um, are considered cold-hearted, cast-iron bitches. Yeah. And that is one, if we're going to um, talk about the 2016 election, which I, I'm sorry, apologies, but that is one <laughs> criticism Not that again. was leveled about how Hillary Clinton was portrayed that I do actually agree with is that she for a lot of reasons, was perceived as untrustworthy or um, unlikable. And part of that is because she is a woman running for the president of the United States and naturally gendered expectations Mm -hmm. are such that that's how she was perceived. Um, And I would much rather use words like untrustworthy or dishonest. Which she may, may, I mean, arguably, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and unlikable. Yeah, but calling her a bitch. Yeah, it's is not. I think that's what surprised me about the fact that we can say that word is because it's such a heavily gendered word, right? And we talked about we we went into a little Q and A about what other words we could and could not say. I'm just I'm a little disappointed. I am. I'm a little disappointed. So what is it? The who police is that? FCC. FCC. Anyways, have you guys ever been called? Bitch at work, or like to your face? Not to my mm. face. Not to your face. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, not, I have. definitely not to my face. I oh have. yeah, you had yeah, a good tell story. Yeah. Tell us about so, that, Lou. So this was right. <laughs> I was just about starting my current job, and I was still working a few days at my the job I had before, and it was one of my last shifts, and it was retail. I was leaving for a variety of reasons, um, and I was just Maybe just partially about because of. Yeah, it, sort of shenanigans. Sort of, and so anyways, this this person comes in and, and this person shopped at that store quite frequently, you know, spent s- thousands of dollars there over a course of a year for a good cause. I will give her that. Like the so this it was, was a, a good customer. Cause. Yes, this was a, this was a customer. And she knew all the staff well. And I was a manager and I was ringing her out and she had always treated me um not well because she thought I was a whole lot dumber than I actually am. Mm-hmm. And and part of being a woman in retail and just service mm-hmm. work in general is you have to kind of play dumb mm-hmm. a lot of times because otherwise the indignity of other actual not so smart people um, or people not making wise decisions uh, will get to you eventually. Um, mm. But anyway, so – We'd, we'd had kind of a contentious relationship in general. So this other person comes in and, sh- and the customer didn't recognize the, the person that walked in. She said, well, who's that? And I said, oh, that's, that's one of the new managers. She's replacing me. And she said, oh, well, is she going to be a bitch like you? Wow. On the floor to my face. She said that. In all seriousness. In all seriousness. Absolutely. I honestly don't remember what I said because I think I just like – I. It's you so can't shocking. say anything. Yeah. yeah. You can't like, say Like, I'm shocked right now. I'm just kind of 
Yeah. Like, who does that? In awe of, yeah. of the, and, the and honestly, it was, yeah, it was partly <laughs> because I just stopped, you know, tolerating the constant, like, oh, well, you know, can you get me a smart person to ring me out this time? Or, yeah. wow. It was, there's a whole, there's a whole dimension yeah. to that. There's in, so much. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, being a woman at work, sometimes you have to play dumb. You really oh. do. It's, uncomfortable there's so much do. misery in and, that. and just so ev- it, it, for people that don't know all three of us are extremely smart we are the smartest <laughs> the smartest <laughs> we're the smartest people ever <laughs> just so smart yeah yeah i'm i do like to joke whenever i do something dumb that's how i got my honors degree from <laughs> anyways that's that's a joke that's why people think i'm the dumb blonde i sometimes look like because the fact I make jokes that that's like that. even a thing all of these archetypes of women right the the femme fatale the dumb blonde yeah the pure virgin like the damsel in distress yeah all of these stupid archetypes that we still get lumped into I feel like they're from fairy tales and and yeah Disney movies and yep. you know neo noir <laughs> like that's not real life why are we forcing women into these roles at work regularly yeah. that's that's very true. I, when I was in college, I took this course on, liter- it was a literature course, but it looked at a lot of um, archetypes. Like we, we delved a little bit into archetypes. And one of the interesting things that I learned from it and gathered from that is that women, like if you can think of a spectrum from good to evil, most men and masculine archetypes fall kind of in the middle. Like you can have a hero but the hero will have a flaw. And like hero. Especially now, I yeah, think. Yeah. But and and even your your like good hero can can they're they're relatively human. Like they they occupy the middle range. Like Look they at can all be, the dystopian stuff lately. Yeah. Like Yeah. Yeah. All the zombie apocalyptic mm-hmm. stuff, all the flawed heroes. Right. Like they're all Yeah. Like even King Arthur, you know, who's who's considered one of the great archetypes of, of you know, heroic masculinity, um, he had flaws. And George Washington. Yeah, like they all, Thomas they're all Jefferson good. had slaves. And he had way more problems than that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in terms of, you know, literature and everything like that, it's men occupy that middle ground. We still put them Women, on Yeah. Women, however, you can either be like the A Virgin bitch. Mary <laughs> or evil witch. Like there's no middle mm-hmm. ground for women. And... And I think we've kind of interpreted that. Like, it's unnatural. Because if you look at uh, medieval art, for example, um, and how women and and especially the good women, like the Virgin Mary or other saints, are portrayed is you look at their skin. Look how how deathly look. Deathly, Mm -hmm. it looks like it's it's gray. It's Hmm. pallid. They're dead. Archetypes of of women aren't real women. They can't be. They're, They're either perfect or the devil, like hmm. Eve, the worst, yeah. quote unquote, in in you know the Bible, she's the root of all evil, essentially. Right, is a woman. Then you have the Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. like so perfect that God was like, "Hey, yeah, I'm gonna do that." Yeah. <laughs> but she can't it's a little be by yeah. actually doing exactly, that. exactly. Yeah. So women immaculate. Yeah, and so we've kind of interpreted that, and that's how. Even to this day, that's how women have to be. And it's, it's do you think frustrating. It has anything to do with all of the 
puritanical stuff that we've inherited from our, you know, ancestry in the United States of our forebears, you know, the the Protestant um, (laughs) hang-ups having to do with sexuality and... It probably doesn't help. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't think of a way in which... Granted, our perspective is going to be quite a bit less, you know, capitalists in general. <laughs> less capitalist. <laughs> yeah. You know, work is not a, the great moral thing that right. that the Protestants generally think it is or that the people in the U.S. think it is. So we don't subscribe to that. Because it's not know. helpful. It's not. It's not serving us. It's not. And it's not just us in this room. Right. It's not serving. Yeah. Patriarchy hurts men, too. The collective us. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's, that's and capitalism. One of the, yeah. Patriarchy and, and capitalism. They're, they're interconnected. Yes. Yeah, you can't you can't separate those things. Right. It's it's an it's a me- patriarchy is a mechanism of enforcement. It is. For capitalist excellent yeah. modes. That's incredibly so, well put. In order to undermine one, we have to undermine both. Yes. Ooh. I would say. That sounds fun. Ooh. Maybe at the same time. That sounds fun. Does that make us a bunch of plotting evil witches? I guess so. Well, we know what spectrum if, we're on. <laughs> we know what end of the spectrum we're on. Cackling, she says. <laughs> uh, that's that's our general mode. Whatever. If it must be, it so be it. All right, we'll be back. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYOLP Rochester. If you'd like to continue slacking off, you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hi guys, welcome back to Punching Out. I'm Lou. I'm Rachel. And I'm Amanda. See what I did? I didn't talk over everybody this time. <laughs> I didn't explain. I'm very good. <laughs> Anyways, we're back. We're talking about women's experiences at work, among other things. Like one of the weirder bits about being a woman at work is business attire. Yeah. We, we talked a little bit about it in reference to pantsuits and everything like that. But, but business attire for women and just how you look at work is kind of a minefield. Yeah. I've been told, like, well, you look nice today. <gasps> yeah. What's the occasion? Yeah. That happens I'm like, a lot. Make, or have I, you have you guys no ever occasion. walked into work when you, like, usually wear makeup? Because I wear a, for, I wear a lot of makeup. I wear, like, eyeshadow and eyeliner pretty much. And it always makeup. looks really <laughs> good, by Thank the way. <laughs> Thank you. It always, yeah, it's, like, perfect. I don't know how you do that. Mm, I, wow. <laughs> Stop you, Rachel. Stop. Stop. You're welcome. <laughs> We're but, so adorable. But have you have you guys ever like <laughs> walked into work when you're like mm-hmm. maybe you had a long night or whatever or you woke up late and you just didn't have time or you don't wear makeup right or a lot of makeup generally and somebody says oh you look sick or yeah. you look tired or, like, you look are you, tired? you look okay? exhausted that's my like, are you okay maybe but like <laughs> <laughs> does it matter I didn't put mascara on today here? right or. Yeah. Like there's 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 the two spectrums for women. You either usually wear makeup or you know dress up, whatever, however you want to phrase it, or you don't. And then whenever you do the opposite, people think, oh, "What's going on?" Yeah, right. There's, there's some sort of occasion. Right. Yeah. What's it like? I just wanted to. 
Yeah, I just felt like it today. Can't I do different It's kind of, kind of. I admit, I did say, because a, a person I work with came in yesterday and she was wearing like red heels and everything because she had her son's um, orchestra concert that night. I was like, oh, what are you dressed up for? I, I am guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. I did that very thing we're talking about just yesterday. Sorry, guys. I'll do better. <laughs> I'll do better. Do better. I would one. probably <laughs> remark on it, especially if they're yeah. red heels. Be like, Whoa, they were those really are cute. cute. I wanted them. Yeah. I will say that I have a big problem with women's shoes because I work, yeah. as I mentioned, in healthcare. And so I'm on my feet a lot. And it's nice because nurses tend to wear very comfortable shoes. Right. They either wear these, they're, they look like some sort of home invader protection, <laughs> like this giant bludgeon that is made by Dansko that is extremely comfortable. So shoes are either comfortable and pretty much hideous looking. Right. Or... They're really cute, and they totally awesome. destroy your feet. Why is it one or the other? Why? And, and cute shoes, cute shoes are always the kind that destroy your feet. Well, okay, so before we get into too much more about <laughs> women's clothing, yeah. men's business clothing, or like men's clothing in general, is like on one line. It's, it's a, a Although straight Although I've heard line. men's dress shoes aren't comfortable and ties aren't all that comfortable. No, ties are evil. I will, yeah. like my husband talks about that so all the time. They do. I mean, okay. I don't know. Anyways, but <laughs> for men's attire, you have like dressy or businessy, which are the same thing basically because it's all suits, mm -hmm. or you have comfortable. Like there's not really, and there's like, like a spectrum there. Is a suit all that uncomfortable aside from the tie and maybe the shoes? I mean, it might get hot, but that's that's another thing. Like hot. Well, yeah. offices are we so cold off. because men are wearing business suits and jackets all the time, and because they so just women freeze to death over. I mean, air condition. That's let's. True. It's interesting if we're talking about clothing. It's interesting to think about like. So in the 80s, right, when women started, like, really going and entering the professional workforce, mm -hmm. like, a lot. And drove, what yeah. be Like, what became fashionable? It was, it was shoulder, shoulder pads. pads. Right. And, and those and little skirt suits. High, high neck blouses with the bows. And what, shoulder pads. Right. Make your shoulders bigger. That's a masculine trait. It is. Mm -hmm. And that's, and it was specifically, I mean, it was all over, but it was specifically in in professional mm -hmm. dressy clothes and i feel like maybe that's where like the pants suits and stuff came into fashion because mm -hmm. it was like the female equivalency sort yeah. of thing like yeah i, I know that there are but, a lot of so, women who still wear those yeah okay anyways what i was saying about men's clothing because <laughs> this is an important point track. to make is is with when men have that choice they have like just that one spectrum you either go dressy or you go casual for women you there's dressy and casual but there's also like sexy or not mm -hmm. yeah or and like there's another dimension to it which you have to navigate in the workplace because what's, you can't yeah but there's degrees much. of sexy yeah because yeah, yeah. you can't you just have to go completely unsexy yeah 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 you can't you can't, you can't wear if a paper you are, bag if you are under a certain age you are basically required to show that you are of mating age right and therefore you have to be pretty yeah i heard a story on the news about hiring practices in China, which mm. is, it's not dissimilar to what one. we're doing, but how like either they would only have job openings for men or is if they were hiring for, yeah. Yeah, I did hear this yeah. one. Okay, keep or, or if they were hiring for women, it was specifically to be like wall candy. And, yeah, and yeah. And be like, look, like, and look these pretty yeah. people work here. These, you should these, work here. Yeah. It was, so it was advertisement for the men 
to come work for there that they'd have beautiful women working at to the look office. at mm-hmm. or or yeah. like f- I think the implication was that it was the fantasize about a little mm-hmm. bit as well like this woman I mean, could too they, be your wife I have a question were they models or like like were they actually employees they were employees mm. in so far as like they couldn't have the same job positions as the men they were more like the secretaries and you know were they actually the secretaries I felt like they were mm. almost hired to be kind of like the draw like I to think it's I think it's the both. men into the company have you guys so, ever seen mad men I tried watching it and then promptly stopped. (laughs) I couldn't get it. I couldn't handle it. Those people, I don't like, there was just too many unsavory characters. Yeah, they weren't likable. Nobody was likable. And it was upsetting. It was really upsetting. I feel like my favorite kind of TV show. (laughs) I think we've talked about this before. But I feel like life is hard enough. And when I escape into entertainment, I would like to actually escape reality into something more right. fun than reality. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. it's just more death and despair and destruction. I don't and need that. Sexism life. and whatever else, racism, all the things that are. We could have depressing. a whole episode on Mad Men. <laughs> it's there. No, because there and are. You so, do it by yourself. I will do it by myself. <laughs> because there's so there's so many. It's. I mean, part of the part of the point of the show is you're following Peggy, who's like starts with the secretary. Christina Hendricks. No, no, no. She's, what's no. her face? She that's that's a whole nother. I we could, could have a whole, a whole episode. episode of Mad Men. Yeah. Yeah. Peggy starts yeah. as a secretary and works her way up to being a copywriter. And she's like, if you've seen it, Don Draper is like the mysterious genius, business <laughs> genius. Like she's his protege, and she rises through the ranks. But there's a lot of um, it. It examines how you know, gender. And this is in the 60s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it examines how genders like affects her specific rise. But at the end of the series, she's, she's like, she, you know, she works her way up and you're kind of like, she's still unhappy at the end of the day. Like yeah. there's still so much, you can like feel like you're one of the boys and, you know, get your foot in the door and sit at the table with them, but you're never going to be equal yeah. be- mm-hmm. because you're, it's, you're just not going to be. Because sexism is real. Yeah. yeah. Because gender is not, is. And we're not there yet. We're living. Like, yeah. Yeah. Gender is performative. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so here's the question for, with Peggy, because I haven't seen the show. What what did she look like at the beginning of the series? So she was really young. Okay. And she actually How did she dress? She dressed at the beginning, she kind of dressed in the very first episode actually. They her male this is very funny that you said that. Her male coworkers come up to her and and also and also her the secretaries that work alongside her. They independently of each other suggest to her that she dress more revealing she's kind of modestly dressed she's her, she, i think she's wearing like a knee length skirt or something like all they're like <laughs> just show your legs specifically one of them says don don will like that <sighs> and and she does she does mm-hmm. and, and i then mean she gets promoted uh, yeah yeah so I mean, so at the end how did she dress this she actually it, it she, it's not really like connected it's not like a one-to-one connection ah, okay. but um it's, it's suggested somehow that either her, her talent is going to get her promoted or her appearance 
and it's mm. not gonna it can't be some you can't be beautiful and talented mm, or beautiful and smart right especially right. in the workplace yeah that's way too that's way well, too much when we were talking earlier about power dynamics i think that's where a lot of the splits happen it's either you're pretty or you're smart like mm-hmm. not to two mention populations of of women you're yeah the pretty and, ones are the smart ones and funny i feel like comedians like female comedians have such a hard time especially um really beautiful women can't be funny yeah like, we can't laugh at them even if they're trying to encourage us to do right. so did anyone see that um that bit the last effable day can i even no yeah that's all right i didn't I it was like tina fey and Amy Poehler, mm. and um, it's all these female comedians, and I think they're welcoming in uh, Amy Schumer uh, uh, because it's her. Oh last yes, I did see that day. one. And they're like, now you can finally relax because you're above a certain age now, and you don't have to worry about being beautiful anymore because nobody <laughs> wants you. And so you can actually just I do your thing, that. and you know, be good at your career and be. Yeah, develop your craft of comedy without feeling this pressure yeah. to be pretty because you are undesirable at this point. It's a expired. whole other episode is ageism in the workplace for for everyone, but for yeah. women, yeah, especially, yeah. yeah, it's it's hilarious and it's also scathing critique. It's mm-hmm. it's worth watching. Yeah, I want to watch it again now that I've talked about it with you. <laughs> hey, that's what YouTube's for, right? Right. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. It's either fun sketch comedies or Nazis. That's, <laughs> I think that's basically who's there. Now we're getting way <laughs> off track. Right. Oh, well, dear. Yeah. Basically, being a woman is difficult. Yeah. Under I like to any say circumstance. Work is tough. Be- capitalism's tough. Working's tough. Being when you have to tough. do that, be a worker and be a woman it's even tougher. So and if you have to be a black woman or a Hispanic woman, and if you, or if you have to like, if you're a transgender woman, it's mm-hmm. all these, it's really tough it's guys. So tough. <laughs> it's tough. Do you think there's a possibility that things could get better? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Amanda, I wouldn't be here if there was no hope. I do I think, hope so. I, don't know. I hope that we can agree especially in this room that legislation and things like that like things to prevent gender discrimination are useful and do help Mm -hmm. yes but they're not going to change fundamentally attack the problem which is patriarchy like we've said and capitalism like we've said so yes and yeah yes we need they can't stand alone yes yeah and and that's not to say that like if capitalism you know if, if if capitalism fell away tomorrow there may well still be residue of sexism and well, there would be and, for sure. Yeah, and and that would be something that we obviously when you said both and that's mm-hmm. what we mean. Um, but it's certain it's it's clear to me that while you have capital capitalism depends on exploitation of workers as a whole and specifically women and people of color and it, it depends on all these these additional systems of oppression mm-hmm. not only like like uh, economic but mm-hmm. s- yeah. yeah yeah i agree i don't think it's discussed enough how um the exploitation of the worker like yes workers are all exploited but 
some are definitely more exploited than others um, for various reasons. And even in within a power system that privileges one group over the other, um, you know, like bosses over, over workers, within that underprivileged group, it just ends up mirroring the larger thing. So one person who's slightly more or advantageous or privileged than the other person is going to just, it, it's going to keep on going down the line. These power structures repeat themselves over and over Misery and over again. Misery company. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. And, and people share what they've got. I really believe that. Yeah, that's that's true. And if all they've got is misery, Mm -hmm. then they will share it Mm -hmm. and distribute it widely. Yeah, I think the best thing we can do to to that is to recognize that these power structures exist Mm -hmm. and as women actively work against them. Yeah. I think if people give us misery, we can say, oh, thank you so much for the gift. I do not accept. (laughs) You may keep it. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that way we can just stop the chain. We don't have to perpetuate those behaviors. I don't have to police my fellow women in the workplace on how they dress or who they interact with or anything like that. I don't have to perpetuate those behaviors Mm -hmm. because those and I recognize those as the behaviors of oppression. Yeah. And calling people out. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be in an adversarial way, but right. asking pointed questions, I think. And and also being honest with people about how it makes us feel. Yeah. In a candid way that has no malice behind it. It's a just information. Yeah. It takes a lot of bravery. Yeah. Especially when you're in a situation where you're outnumbered. Like, if, mm-hmm. you know, if, if me and Lou are the only two women... Right. In a workplace surrounded mm-hmm. by men. And I witness We can be as solid as we want. Yeah. There's I w- only so much we can do. I witness something happen to her. If I say something, I may get, um, you retaliated. know. Retaliated. Alienated. Re- retaliated against. I may not. I yeah. may get fired. I may not get promoted, etc. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why these measures to, you know, especially in industries where there are fewer people of color or women like tech or you know the stem industries and everything that's why it's important to actually get more women in there so there can be like a witness to retaliation like it's 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 a a ready consequence of that we want it's it's you need solidarity solidarity Mm -hmm. you can be solid with two people but it's it's hard to do anything with that yeah and like we know we're all leftists we know that (laughs) those they exist still within even left spaces. Mm-hmm. You need you need you need to be actively fighting that everywhere. You need to be actively fighting it everywhere. Yeah, because yeah. even in progressive spaces, those spaces exist within a system of capitalism, patriarchy, mm-hmm. and oppression. And so it's impossible to divorce the two. Like we can't. Yeah create exactly what we want within a system that is not capable of supporting what we want but i think like none of us would be talking here if we didn't have hope that's true for the future possibilities that's true and we're going to support each other as best Mm -hmm. we can one of the things that always i've always thought about it in the back of my head is um, probably 10 12 years ago i was talking with my mom and um, some other contemporaries of her. And my mom had me when she was in her late 20s. So, you know, 
one generation removed. So she was talking about like expectations that I had about what my place would be in the workforce. And I said, well, you know, obviously I'll, I'm, I'm equal and I have the same opportunities. I was like <laughs> a teenager, so I was a little naive, yeah. but I mean, that, that was the expectation. And, and, and she kind of looked at me and she just said, wow, that's totally different from how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Like we, as women, knew our, our limitations. We could only go so high. We could only go so far. And even the fact that, you know, 20 years later, I'm growing up and I have a much more optimistic view of the future, that's pretty hopeful. Yeah. Like maybe within our lifetimes we can have um, parity in the workforce. We can and make it make it so. <laughs> make it so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with that in mind, also keeping in in the back of our well in the front of our house that mm-hmm. there's a lot of like feminism has accomplished so much and mm-hmm. we're i'm blessed right it's not a lot uh, to be to be benefiting from that but not everybody has benefited from that that's equally. true and um we need moving forward we need a bigger and better feminism mm-hmm. um that is much more inclusive yes and yeah. one that recognizes like oppression on all levels like we've said right. not just Class, race, gender, yeah, everything, yeah, right, and how those oppressions are are interconnected. Mm-hmm. That we can't simply focus on gender oppression without thinking about race and class, because mm-hmm. yeah. I think the silos will prevent our success. That's true. And I think one other thing is it's not mentioned enough, but patriarchy hurts men too. Absolutely. Nobody and we need, mm-hmm. yeah, we need like everybody like there, there's no reason why everybody can't be feminists. Yep. Like, I'm so glad that that word isn't something that people are afraid to own at mm-hmm. this point, or it's starting to be less. So, I mean, even just a couple of years ago, people were afraid to identify themselves as feminist, mm-hmm. which I always found shocking because to me that literally just meant that people were afraid to say that they thought women deserved to have the same rights, like that they were afraid to own that they wanted equity for women. Why should anyone be afraid to say that? And in the same kind of vein, we, as we're going forward, again, we want to make sure that like we've noticed, especially recently in the past couple of years, that it's we've kind of gotten this like neoliberal feminism where like corporate mm-hmm. feminism maybe you'd call yeah. it the as long as there's feminism yeah yeah, yeah. as long and as there's more billionaires who are also women yeah. right that's, yeah that's more, we can more do the same egregious <laughs> things that any man can do we yeah. don't and and we we know that's not enough it's not it's not even not enough it's actively harmful right. yeah. to a lot Absolutely. of people if we want equity to be as exploitative as yeah. men have been capable <laughs> Which of yeah. in positions of power, that is not going to help our cause. Right. Nope. And nope. we don't we want a better future than we want we don't want just to, to be like, what if women had the same conditions? What what if all people had the privileges of white men? Right. I don't want to work. No. I'd yeah. rather right. not work. Yeah, I don't want to be better. exploited. I don't want anyone to take something from me that and you don't want to give. Yeah, I I would like to keep all I, all your things. I would like <laughs> to keep all the value that I create. Yes, I would like to keep it. 
So, um, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. We can do better. That's the lesson. We can do better. We are doing better than we did. But there's still much work to be done. Much work to be done. There's hope yet. Yes. You've been listening to Punching It Out. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are.